The Miami Dolphins' free agent strategy in 2024 is going to heavily determine just how competitive the team can be this upcoming season. What's realistic to expect the Dolphins to be able to achieve through the month of March and April? That's our subject here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team. Every day we don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked on Network. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Our subject today, we explored Christian Wilkins yesterday on the show. Specifically, what if there is one, an ideal outcome for all parties? I won't spoil that conversation, but it's a good one if you want to go back and listen but I would just say my expectations at this stage are that Christian Wilkins will probably be playing his NFL football somewhere else this upcoming season based on everyone's interests. Uh, but what that begs the question of is if Christian Wilkins will not be back with the team in 2024 in one way, shape, or form, what can the Dolphins realistically hope to achieve in the early portions of free agency? One of the things that we initially dove into when we spoke about the Christian Wilkins dilemma and situation, if you will, is if the Dolphins were to make a generally accepted five to seven salary cap financial transactions, be it restructures or waiving a few players, they're probably looking at a base of $20 million in operating cap for the start of the league calendar year. And $20 million in salary cap uh, is not a ton of salary cap space, but it's enough for the Dolphins to generally achieve uh, a few key things. And that's what we want to explore here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, is what what's a realistic expectation for early stage free agency for the Miami Dolphins in uh, the, the upcoming month? Uh, because the league calendar year starts in the middle of March. Uh, this is like six weeks away. It's, it's not that far off on the horizon for us. So we got to start getting into individual free agent perspectives, uh, potential fits, but you also got to paint the picture of what, what, what are you going to achieve? So you should be able to uh, get a good deal of your expiring free agents back. I would expect the Dolphins to largely attack free agency with their own expiring free agents with a lot of one-year contracts, be that players like, uh, Robert Jones, be that potentially Jake Bailey. I think there's an, an opportunity to upgrade the punter position, but that's neither here nor there. I, I don't think you have to have a multi-year contract handed in uh, for that position in particular. I think guys like River Craycraft make a ton of sense to be brought back. Justin Bethel from a special teams perspective, uh, potentially Tyler Croft as a depth player at the tight end position, Deshaun Hand as a rotational defensive lineman who took about 20% of your snaps this year. Uh, those kinds of guys coming back on 
what's somewhere between one and one and a half million dollar contracts on one year deals, I think makes a ton of sense for the Dolphins. Uh, and, and I think that's certainly part of how you're going to have to get to that threshold of 51 players. But once you hit 51 players, that's where that $20 million in operating cap comes in. And that's why it's important to remember that your offseason spending is only the top 51. So when you add the 52nd player, you take the salary of the previous 51st player and you subtract that off of whatever the salary cap is. So for Miami, if it's me, I'm looking at expiring contracts with Deshaun Elliott, who was a primary snap taker for you. He's still in his mid-20s. Uh, he's probably going to be do a pay grade, but that that's the player I would look to bring back. Kendall Lamb played over 50% of the snaps as a swing tackle. He played for $1.3 million this past year. And, and when we get into some of the later segments on the show, we're going to look at more contracts like that that are inspiration for, hey, the Dolphins can get a number of pretty reasonable players for what's going to, after you fill out to 51, really only accommodate to or, or account for a couple hundred thousand dollars against the cap for the offseason perspective. That's important to know when you're working with a budget of $20 million in, in operating salary cap. Now, that does not put you in a position to have a bunch of top of market signings and free agency, um, but I, I think that ship has kind of sailed for the Dolphins anyway. Uh, I think you look at the the players that they were were able to achieve last year with about a twenty million dollar operating cap uh, with their first wave of free agency. Elliott, one point seven million dollars uh, was, was his one year deal. Andrew Van Ginkle, they brought back for just over two and a half. Uh, and you may not get Andrew Van Ginkle, but you could realistically get a rotational pass rusher for somewhere in that range. Kendall Lamb was re-signed for $1.3 million. You brought in Eli Apple after the fact. He came in in the summertime after the injury to Jalen Ramsey, but that was a contract for $1.6 million. He played half your defensive snaps last year. Players like that, Isaiah Wynn was another late addition for $2.3 million on a one-year deal for $2.3 million. You had Braxton Berrios, who's one of the bigger free agents that you signed aside of uh, David Long. And that was a one-year, $3.5 million deal. And, and he, that was that dollar amount because he's a primary special teams player in addition to being a wide receiver that, that contributed, was expected to be a wide receiver three. So for Miami, it's, it's you're going to retain your own talent that you want to choose to retain. A lot of it's probably going to be one-year deals. I would expect Robert Hunt as the big contract that I think we're all expecting gets done that's going to be a bigger contract. And we'll, we'll look at those dollar amounts here in, in just a moment as well. But even that salary cap hits probably going to be five, $6 million this year. And really it's you, you have to survive through June 1st before you have the ability to open up more salary cap space with that $20 million of operating cap short-term deals worth What's going to end up being a half a million to a couple hundred thousand against the cap? What can you do with that? That's what we're going to look at next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So make sure that you stick with us. It's 2024 and every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What can we do in the upcoming year to help make 2024 our best season yet? When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. 
That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is so easy when you have that many quality candidates that you find 86% of small businesses report getting a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats. They may not have the ideal amount of time or resources to hire. That's why LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier for you. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making this process even more easy and quick than ever before. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Why not you? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I want to wish a happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from all of us and from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end your season with a dub or two or three or more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points total will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. And you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So what I've done is I have taken the opportunity to look at several positions that are relevant for the Dolphins. And I have looked at this past free agent cycle alone. What are some contracts that teams were able to strike that were cost-effective versus the top of the market? And I started with the interior offensive line. I think you can look at both center and guard and find some inspiration if you're the Dolphins. Now, these are not all pro caliber players. I, I think that's perfectly accepted. But what the Dolphins really need is they need to fill out around their pillars on either side of the football. They have their established identity pieces on both sides of the ball. And finding high floor players that are good scheme fits and cost-effective options that you can sign to short-term deals to offer long-term flexibility is kind of the name of the game of where this team needs to be at right now. The, the, the option that they chose last year was Isaiah Wynn on a one-year $2.3 million contract. And that came... After the fact, that was not in the first wave of free agency in March. But you had John Feliciano signed a one-year, $2.25 million contract with San Francisco. It's a starting interior offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. You have Graham Glasgow, who was really good for the Detroit Lions. Signed a one-year deal worth $2.75 million to go back to Detroit this past season. And Michael Dieter signed a one-year, $1.23 million deal in Houston. And guess what? That was the starting center for the Texans. Uh, he played a significant amount of snaps. These teams found starting caliber players that took starting snaps for less than $3 million on a one-year deal versus the top of market players being Ben Powers, who averaged $12.8 million per season with his new contract with the Broncos. 
or Nate Davis signed a three-year $30 million deal with the Chicago Bears and was so bad he got benched early on. Isaac Siamalu got $8 million per from the Pittsburgh Steelers after leaving Philadelphia. And Connor McGovern signed in Buffalo for nearly seven and a half. That's the top of the free agent market last year. Versus Graham Glasgow, John Feliciano are, are one-fourth to one-fifth to one-sixth the cost. And they're playing the same amount of snaps. And they're reasonably high-floor players on the offensive line. This extends to center with Coleman Shelton. Signed a, a two-year deal worth a little over $2 million per season. It's one-seventh the top of the market with Jason Kelsey. Now, Kelsey's probably going to retire. And you will probably have Connor Williams at the top of the center market this time around. Can you find somebody who can step in? Or do you want to find a, what you would consider to be a quality starter and get a middle-of-the-tier contract somewhere else that's not a top-of-center market? I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about if you wanted to go with a um, not quite what Isaac Siamalu got for three for 24, but if you wanted to get in that stratosphere and spend, is that more valuable to Miami and then leave the door open for you to draft a center or have Liam Eikenberg be the center or go hunting elsewhere for a center than to pay Connor Williams 12 to $13 million a season? It's the same conversation you'll have with Christian Wilkins on the other side of the ball, and we, we largely had that conversation yesterday. They really got 90% uh, of the same player and Zach Sealer under contract for half the cost. Can you do the same thing at center? What's Robert Hunt's market going to be? like? These are all things that you have to explore, but at least there's evidence of Coleman Shelton being a, an adequate level starter for the Rams for about $2 million a season. Graham Glasgow was a quality starter hit guard for the Lions for $3 million for the season. Michael Dieter, one and a quarter million dollars, was an adequate level center. You can find these if you have the right blend of scheme fit and players around them, which is what Michael Dieter never had during his time in Miami, ironically enough. But this is not just interior offensive linemen. Donovan Smith signed a one-year $3 million deal, and I tell you what, He's a better player than Juwan Taylor, who signed the four-year, $80 million contract with the same team. Mike McGlinchey gets 17 and a half per season from the Denver Broncos. I think Kendall Lamb played better football this year. And he signed a one-year, $1.3 million contract to be a swing tackle for the Dolphins. Ends up taking 55% of the snaps. You look at the off uh, the, the linebacker market. Tremaine Edmond signs for $18 million per. Bobby O'Karaki signs with the Giants for $10 million per. Bobby Wagner signed a one-year deal for $5 million. Was probably just as good of a player. Alex Anzalone with the Lions signed for six per season. Safety, it's even more extreme. Jesse Bates signed a top-of-market contract for $16 million per season where you got Geno Stone playing for the Baltimore Ravens. He's their third safety. He's like third in the league in interceptions this past year. He signed a one-year, one, one $1.7 million contract. Deshaun Elliott was probably your most consistent defensive back not named Jalen Ramsey this season. He signed a one-year, $1.7 million contract. 
So you take all these players at all these different positions where you'll look and, and you'll identify needs exist for Miami. But if the 51st player on the, on the Dolphins offseason roster is making a million dollars, some of these guys are 0.6, 600K. It's a 600K cap hit against that $20 million operating cap that you have. So you can do this and you can still field a highly competitive team, but you got to pick the right players. Because it's there, there is a volume component of this. For every player that goes into a good system and a good fit, there's three that sign similar contracts that aren't successful. The good news for Miami is they're expected to be a competitive team this year. They're expected to be an attractive destination. They have really well-regarded head coach as a player's coach. They now have a defensive coordinator who's highly regarded as a player's coach on the defensive side of the ball as well. So that's part of your selling point. Oh, no state income tax. That's part of the selling point. Oh, we're going to be competitive this year. Oh, you get to play with Jalen Ramsey. Oh, you get to play with Bradley Chubb and, and Jalen Phillips when those guys come back. Oh, you get to play with Teron Armstead, assuming he doesn't retire. Oh, you get to be the, one of the wide receivers in the wide receiver room with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. It's all part of the sales pitch. Miami will have that in their corner when they're trying to find the right players to sell on coming to be these economic contracts for the Dolphins. That doesn't guarantee that they're going to fit. But just because Miami's not going to be giving out $75 million contracts in free agency doesn't mean they can't have an impactful march. And that's why, for me, I've been sitting down grinding tape on all these free agents to be. And I know full well, probably a third to 50% of them aren't even going to hit the market. But I'm watching three free agents a day. I got a board of 100-plus free agents that are scheduled to hit the market. And we'll get into all that with the programming that, that's ahead of us. But you got to be fully prepped, and you got to know, hey, I'm going to put a gold star next to Noah Fant, tight end from the Seattle Seahawks name, because he's not a featured player in that offense. They drafted a first-round wide receiver, and they got two studs in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and he came over as a part of the Russell Wilson deal as a former first-round pick who's kind of underachieved at this point but you look at physically what he's capable of doing and then you cross-reference that with the tight end market in free agency, what the top of that looks like versus where maybe a guy who hasn't reached his potential has been and what those dollar amounts look like. That's a player that might financially make sense for the Dolphins, who's a great fit for what they want to do, who could be a big breakout candidate in the same way that Deshaun Elliott was this year. I got another name off that Seattle Seahawks offensive depth chart that I got a big gold star next to that if you don't want to spend Connor Williams money, but you want to get a quality starter on this offensive line, offensive guard Damian Lewis, I'll throw the name out there right now. You're probably looking less than what Siamalu got, which means your first year salary cap hits probably three to $4 million. And you're getting a quality starter. So if you bring back Rod Hunt, now all of a sudden you got big time bullies at both guard spots that can move relatively well for guys their size. Let's find us a center. Let's go to war. I think we can really upgrade the offensive line. Let's make sure you bring Kendall Lamb back. We'll continue to cross-reference these markets of need and value for the Dolphins up next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Whether you are prepping for your home gate whether you got friends coming over, whether you're going to your friend's house and you don't like the spread that they've got for the Super Bowl this weekend, tap into DoorDash. DoorDash has you covered with all of your favorite local restaurants and groceries to make sure that whether you're cooking your own recipes to host 
or if you want your favorite meal on the go or at home and you don't have time to go out to eat and get grab it for yourself, you can eat whatever your heart desires around your local restaurants and cuisine. You can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject change and terms do apply. Passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy, but it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the dub. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. So we've mentioned guard and we've mentioned tight end within the last three minutes of the show. I do think those are two positions where, with the rare exception, the top of the market is largely going to put you in a position where you you can get upgrades versus what the Dolphins have and fit the salary cap space. Remember, David Long signed a two-year, $11 million contract at linebacker. That's a non-premium position. His year one cap hit was like $3.5 million. It's pretty easily digestible when you have a $20 million approximately, and it could be more than that. If the Dolphins get the Tua Tonga-Valoa contract extension done, you could be looking at $25 to $30 million in operating cap as well. But I just think conservatively, your commonly accepted personnel decisions are going to give you about $20 million to work with, give or take. So what they ultimately end up doing with that depends on what positions they want to address. Center is not a premium position, but it is a more premium position than guard. I think the Dolphins, when you look at their positions of need, you acknowledge safety. There's an expiring contract with a starter. I think you look at linebacker, potentially if you choose to move on from Jerome Baker and use that for more salary cap savings. Uh, I think you look at the interior offensive line, particularly at guard, where you do have a player in Lee Meikenberg who's under contract, who's played center, so there is some flexibility there, and you want to leave the door open to draft the player, but you don't want to box yourself in all the way. Tight end is certainly an upgradable opportunity for the Dolphins. These are all areas that are considered generally non-premium positions, and when you consider Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips as existing investments, and players that will be back at some point next season, I think you, you have a diminished pressing need at, at edge. I think they will need to sign players. That is a market I expect them to probably get into in the summertime, uh, just because there's a lot of vets that are going to be available out there. So they're in this unique position where they have contracts given out a tackle. They have a contract given out to Zach Sealer. They need a nose tackle, which is a non-premium version of the interior defensive line. They potentially have a need at linebacker, a stack off ball linebacker. 
They have a need at, at safety and not necessarily a single high free safety type player. They have a need at tight end. None of these are considered to be the marquee. So your top of market aside of like the rare player who's hit like a Jesse Bates, who's in the prime of his career that gets a $16 million a year contract guys like Von Bell, who's a really good safety, but, but was the top of the next market. He won Thornhill, Donovan Wilson, the, the, the next top of market at safety was about $7 million. Guys like Jermaine, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson at linebacker after Tremaine Edmonds and Bobby O'Karrake, they're signing for about $7 million. That's the top of market. So if your operating cap is $20 million and the, the tier two of the top of market for guys that hit the hits, hits free agency is $7 million average per season, and you know you can play with that a little bit for the year one salary cap hit to make it a portion of that, 60 70% of that, I'm not saying you go top of second top of market, the tier two players at free agency, but you could go with potentially a tier three player for five million dollars and get them on the books for three million dollars in on the fa- the cap in year one. You could potentially find three or four of those guys as a part of your operating cap because again, whatever their year one cap is, you subtract the fifty first player off of it and you add them to the books. So I expect the Dolphins could probably find three or four starters. They found it last year with David Long. They found it last year with Sean Elliott. They found it last year with Braxton Berrios as a special teams guy. They end up finding it a little bit later in free agency with Isaiah Wynn. I think they can do it again. Although they will do it again. That's not a think thing. It's a question of who can you find at the right intersection of cost and reduce the risk as much as possible because David Long's available to you because he had soft tissue injuries for the last three seasons in Tennessee. He didn't have any this year. It was a win for you. Isaiah Wynn had injury issues, and he did have injury issues this year for you, and it bit you in the second half of the season. So everybody that you're going to be in the game on is probably going to have some level of risk, and there's probably not going to be a lot of Tier 1 and Tier 2 free agents the Dolphins are kicking the tires on. But it's all going to be out there for you to achieve, even with the reduced operating cost. Just know you're not going to be offering Chris Jones a contract or Legereus Need a contract, as an example. So that's my expectations. My expectations are the first wave of free agency for Miami is getting a 51, which is retaining a lot of your middle of the roster players that are expiring contracts, ideally getting Robert Hunt, Deshaun Elliott, those guys under contract. And then you could probably find three or four starters that are tier three, tier four starters. And they can be relatively high floor players for you. And then if you have a trade opportunity to bring somebody who's a bigger name with a reduced cost for whatever reason into the fray, you can go that route as well. And then you could strap up and draft. And then you can make your big June 1st transaction hit the books, open up again, probably $20 million again, or approximately, and then do it all over again in the June, in June and July with 30 plus year veterans on one year deals that is going to be two, $3 million a pop. Fill out the rest of your roster so that you guys have competitive vets to fill in the blanks until your guys get back in the fray. It's expectations. Expectations minus reality equals disappointment. So I think it's important for us to have proper perspective on what we should expect for the Dolphins. It's my best shot at doing that here on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. 
We'll be back again tomorrow with more Miami Dolphins talk. So plan accordingly. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. I'll talk to you all again soon.